0: I would like to scan all of you in this room, one at a time. I I must remind you that the uh, scanning experience is usually a painful one, sometimes resulting in nosebleeds, earaches, stomach cramps, nausea,
1: sometimes other symptoms of a similar nature. There's a doctor present, Dr. Gatineau. I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Uh, There is one other thing, no one is to leave this room
0: once the demonstration has begun a Video nasty, 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 a video nasty. Welcome to It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about censored cinema and the video nasties. I'm Ashley
1: McNasty, here
0: with my lovely co-host, Elmo415.
1: Hello, Elmo415 here, and we have um, a couple of uh, really good movies to review. We're actually doing really good movies this time, which is... Thank God! Which is... Which, if you've been following our show, we don't usually get a whole lot of these when studying the video nasties in censored cinema. But fortunately, we are doing the Cronin Sode, where we watch da- where two movies that were put on the video nasties list, specifically Section 3, Rapid from 1977 and Scanners from 1981, both on the video nasties list, but also both very good movies from an extremely acclaimed director.
0: Yeah, David Cronenberg the, the man He is uh, among, probably one of C- Canada's uh, most acclaimed directors Of all time Definitely makes the short list there Makes the long list for some of the greatest directors Of all time uh, yeah, He is an absolute master of the craft And you know, most people know His work from the 70s and eight, throughout the 80s For his work in the body horror genre Which uh, both these films are definitely Solidly in Mm-hmm. and although you know as he was, as his filmography moves on he he kind of he leaves behind the horror genre but kind of continues to make rather kind of interesting and challenging films uh as it goes you know as he's gone along and uh i i mean i think i've almost watched probably about half the half of all of his films uh haven't watched a lot of his stuff from the 90s but uh this i think uh is getting me pretty close to finishing his 80s and 70s work here
1: yeah I wouldn't say that I'm super well-versed in Cronenberg's works, but whenever I have been shown a movie created by David Cronenberg, I've never been disappointed. And that's what, even when I've watched movies like Shivers, Rabid, Scanners, even to later movies like A History of Violence, I really like that movie too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a, a very diverse film director that we're kind of, not only going to talk about these movies, but, you know, we got to give a shout out to one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah, no, and it's like, thank God, such
0: a fucking privilege to be able to, like, actually do some seriously good, like, some seriously good movies. Or even just, like, even movies that are operating completely within this kind of, like, horror sci-fi genre and understand themselves to be genre pictures. But it's just kind of, like like, the care and the craft and the talent behind them kind of puts them uh i kind of on a little bit of a different level at least certainly different than a lot of the films we're normally used to reviewing
1: yeah i'm i'm used to all of my notes having like ways i'm gonna just absolutely rip into the movie and verbally annihilate the film as you you'll hear in a lot of the episodes but honestly i'm like i'm looking at my notes and A lot of the notes are just about the plot and the movie itself you know usually a lot of my notes are just jabs against the movies we're reviewing perfect so why don't we start in with rabid yeah rabid from 1977 Uh, section 3 video nasty Um, yeah this was this I found to be a an extremely enjoyable movie It's definitely well paced. Uh, The special effects are great. Um, Yeah, I think the acting's great. And uh, it's starring Marilyn Chambers. And I thought she did a brilliant job in this movie. And for those of you who don't know, Marilyn Chambers uh, is
0: probably best known for being a uh, pornographic actress, uh, acting in kind of one of the very early, well-known porno films. Uh, Was it Behind the Green Door? Yeah. And... So, in a, after that, this is this might be... Rabbit is what she's uh, probably best known for. Her only real foray into uh, kind of proper Hollywood filmmaking.
1: Yeah, like non-sex movies, yeah. basically.
0: And it seems like she was never really given a chance... Uh, she's never really given a serious chance to get into it. She had a couple of attempts... A couple of uh, what seemed to be hopeful attempts that end up being basically being aborted, unfortunately, doing due to her
1: uh, history as a pornographic actress. So, uh, which is really unfortunate yeah. to me because watching her in this, you know, she she put on a brilliant performance and i think i personally believe she deserved a lot more opportunities than she got in her acting career oh yeah and i'm i mean i'm glad that like david
0: cronenberg actually gave her a fair shot and was able to see you know what she could do and you know it seems like he uh pretty you know pretty stalwartly kind of defended her you know during uh the promotion for the film and you know throughout it you know she's a very competent actress you know she you know was more than suited to be able to do you know what we need to do and she did it very well and you know i I completely agree so it's so let's uh let's actually get into the film here so it starts off in uh you know it's somewhere it's out it's i think it's outside of montreal it's in quebec and we have a pair of motorcycle riders
1: yeah uh, it starts off with um i think it's a marilyn chambers character she's standing outside of this gas station and the the uh, at, by a motorcycle, and then the her husband comes out, and they're in motorcycle gear, and then they decide to then they proceed to take a ride into the country, and that's where the beginning credit starts, and it says yeah. Rabbit, and you know, and then so we have these pair of motorcycle riders as they uh, they're you know going off into
0: the country, and uh, they get into a accident, you know, goes uh, flying off the road uh, into a field. husband gets ejected she gets trapped underneath the motorcycle it explodes she has to be taken to uh you know nearby hospital and uh, so she's still alive and so she can be given kind of emergency surgery and a skin
1: graft yeah so they don't they don't actually the ambulance doesn't take her to the hospital i guess they say that she doesn't have enough time to go to a regular hospital or something. So they take her to this clinic where these doctors give her some experimental skin graft procedures. And that's and that's kind of where things start to go awry. Because after that, it cuts over to one month later. She's been in a coma. The, um, the husband's there. And then the movie proceeds from there.
0: Yeah, so she kind of discovers... Uh... That she has, you know, as she awakens, she kind of seemingly accidentally hurts someone as she
1: embraces them. Yeah, she like squeezes him and the, like the blood comes out of the side and it's like, it looks, you know. Yeah, it's a
0: strange place, dude. It's coming out of the side of his abdomen. It's not like. I yeah. mean, does she bite him too? I think she bite. Does she also bite him? I know there's a lot of biting in the film, but. Yeah. I, I, I forget. But either way it's 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 a very strange like oh what the you know what what's happening well, here yeah it's
1: later revealed what happens when she squeezes them of oh, course yeah. yeah
0: find out that strangely enough it is uh, a small stinger that is
1: coming out of her armpit. Yeah, I thought that was a really creative choice of, uh, of weaponry to have, like, a spiky monster thing coming out of the armpit. You know, you don't, you don't see a lot done with armpits. No, you know?
0: no. I think, uh, well, Cronenberg originally wanted to call the film Mosquitoes. Oh. Uh, yeah, because as we learned, this is a, a new blood-sucking appendage. Yeah, out of, like, a... a I don't think the orifice is, uh, like... I mean, I think it's supposed to be definitely allude to a sort of like semi-vaginal uh, orifice. It, it doesn't totally look like that, though. Yeah. But there's definitely that illusion, especially like with the kind of you know phallic, you know, yeah. stinger doing the penetrating motion, moving through this orifice. It's like it's, and you really do have to use the term orifice because there is something like you know rather strange and clinical and otherworldly about it that's like it's not this friendly
1: thing yeah i mean that's one thing about i would say the majority of body horror there's always some kind of sexual undertone to it but it's but it's not on the forefront but but yeah body horror always like often commonly plays with themes of sexuality and phallic parts you know oh yeah it's like that's i mean
0: alien yeah. I mean, you can argue Alien, like the mere design of the creature in Alien is, is, is body horror. It's a little phallic. Itself. Yeah. A, a little phallic. Have you seen Giger's original drawings for it? It, <laughs> yeah. is, one, it is 100% phallic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It looks way more... The alien's head looks
1: way more like a penis in the original drawings. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and this is actually ahead in my notes, but I'm just going to say it now. I put penis monster from the armpit because like there was yeah there was a shot where i was like i was like kind of looks like a dick coming out of her armpit you know (laughs) (laughs) one of the shots it kind of looked like that but anyway yeah she sneaks out of the hospital goes into a farm uh bites a cow um and then this drunk farmer stumbles in after she's bitten the cow then he tries to force himself on her and then she you know uh blood sucks the guy or whatnot yeah she
0: you obviously you know grabs onto the guy and you know it's 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 very perfect because the the motion that she has to kind of enact in order to have this uh kind of stinger be kind of optimally positioned is like almost a hugging embrace yeah and so like it's through that by lifting up the arms to like grab around It comes and strikes and you know you can hold them in there it's like it's a rather unusual design but it it works so perfectly for what this is and you can definitely see like with almost this and this alone like the influence of other uh on some other movies i think like specifically i'm thinking of that one teeth
1: oh yeah yeah it's almost
0: like this you know this body horror film uh, where you know they you know this young you know female protagonist you know, kind of gains a horror-like, otherworldly ability that is almost like specifically designed to defend from sexual assault.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I'm looking through, then she get, then she goes into another part of the barn where there's like this hot tub, and there's this other woman in the hot tub, and then she uh, attacks and does her, because it takes a while to see the thing that comes out of her armpit, so for a lot of the, for the beginning of this movie, you just kind of see her hug people to death, and it's really confusing and weird, because you see the blood coming out of the sides, which I thought was kind of genius, you know, because, like, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, what the hell is she doing to these people? She just hugs them to death, and then once you see it, you're like, oh, because once you actually see, see the thing come out of her armpit, and... So then she, she goes to another doctor. She's yeah.
0: eventually able to meet back up with her, um, with with uh with her friend in the city in Montreal, uh, and is able to like hide out in her apartment. Yeah. And at this point, uh, I guess there is kind of now this, you know, like a, a, kind of like it's made the news by now that there is this new strain of rabies going around, and you know, as we learn, it turns out that, uh, you know, it's like everyone that she has encountered with and has like sucked blood from or you know basically had this stinger pierce or she's bitten them or something like that has now kind of like come down with like a zombie-like kind of form of what they're calling rabies
1: yeah and get your tinfoil hats because this movie mentions pandemics quarantines And the fact that they're working on a vaccine for this new strain of rabies. vaccination cards. Oh, they actually have vaccination cards. Yes. Yes, you actually have, they have a, they build a vaccine for this strain of rabies that, that she's been transmitting from her armpit. And you have to actually have vaccination cards. So, yeah. um, Cue the uh, conspiracy theories. Wait.
0: Cue the conspiracy
1: theories! <laughs> oh, I really want. Cue
0: walked. the conspiracy theories! Oh, geez,
1: someone's trusting the plan. <laughs> I walked right into that. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yes, yeah, storms of ruin. <laughs> and they are obviously putting chemicals in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Remembering, she ends up in a at a diner and. Bites the, uh, bites a, bites the woman working for the restaurant, and there's just so yeah. It's like this is where it gets very
0: kind of like it's 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 this interesting cross. A lot of this kind of becomes like not slasher stuff, but kind of like, uh, definitely kind of horror genre stuff, where you kind of begin to watch her kind of go from kind of unintentional victim to unintentional victim in these different situations kind of getting into these situations of, you know, kind of biting and stinging these different people who happen to come into too close of contact with her. And then, of course, we get to also see later uh, the previous victims of this you know, going in and just full-on biting and attacking people in this kind of zombie-like rabies state where they lose all real sense of their facilities and just kind of revert into this like sick and wounded rabid animal.
1: Yeah, and you just, you start getting a whole bunch of uh, kill scenes, you know, throughout the rest. And I'm not going to even, in fact, just, just go watch this movie. I don't even want to spoil some of the now cool per- kill scenes actually, in this. This
0: predates Dawn of the Dead, doesn't it? I think this, this came About out here.
1: Yeah, and I think this is um, much better, like... Uh, Pandemic zombie type movie. I think they did better. I think this is a better movie than Dawn of the Dead, in my opinion. I mean, I think there's. Oh wow! See, I need. I need to. Wow! Them them's fighting words. But uh, at least uh, no, no, the I mean, horror that, community's gonna stab me now.
0: No, but you know honestly, not just fighting words. I'd say it's a uh, hot take. It, it's a. <laughs> but at the same time, that's the kind of hot take we need out here. Yeah. Rab, it's like fucking rabbits better than Dawn of the Dead. Fight me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. i say I need. To, I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead in a while. I need to like rewatch it. But I think there is something about Rabid that does kind of feel very here and now. Even though there is, you know, kind of you do have like this surrealness, not surrealness, but like you kind of do have this slightly kind of uncanny uh, touches of David Cronenberg, uh, you know, in the film. And then just kind of this weird feeling that something is just strangely off, yet it's oh so familiar, yeah. and I think that that perfectly suits you know goes back into what you were saying. I like this kind of really resonates, you know, with like almost this somewhat realistic feeling of this you know like something like this happening. Like even though you have all this complete chaos, society isn't hasn't broken down yet or anything like that. You just have just chaos just happening in the street as society moves forward.
1: Yeah, and. It's it it seems like with with this versus some other movies like this like zombie films it's like this almost this almost feels like this is something that could potentially happen at some point and maybe it feels more real because as we're recording this we are we're on like the last part of a global pandemic so uh, cross your fingers Cross your fi- yeah we we're hoping this is the end um but yeah it's um I think I think you know, especially seeing the hazmat suit and the hazmat suits and the people ha- and the quarantine, the vaccine cards—it's something. It definitely made the movie feel way more intense, especially watching it in present day 2022 right now. You know, oh yeah, yeah. After already having to do all the all the uh, quarantine stuff.
0: Yeah, it's strange. Although it's like, okay, wow, they got they got on. Um, wow, it seems like they like whoever, like the Canadian Health Department. Uh, got on uh, this situation extremely quickly, as opposed to what ended up happening in real life. <laughs> Everyone just waited till the very last minute. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, we knew about this back
1: in January, but uh, you know what?
0: Nah, I'm just gotta wait.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, if like the coronavirus, like I don't know, made people rabid and like bite people, I don't know, maybe we would have gotten through it quicker because. You know, it's, they would have taken it seriously. I think they probably would have taken it seriously quicker if, like, the coronavirus had, like, zombie-like effects. That yeah, because you can immediately see it. Yeah. Immediately see it. But, like, yeah, people were just, you know, people were like, oh, it's just the sniffles, you know. Oh, it's just a flu. It's just but, a bad flu.
0: Yeah, it's, like, in this case, like, well, uh, they're, they're biting people's faces off here. It's, yeah. like, everyone
1: has become Florida man. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I would not recommend this movie if you have any uh, pandemic trauma still lingering. (laughs) Which, grow up. Of course, I'm saying to someone
0: who definitely, like, oh, God. I'm saying to someone with long who has, like, long COVID and survived this. I was like,
1: yeah, grow up, walk it off. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hashtag Ashley McNasty is cancelled. Yeah, cancel me. Cancelled. <laughs> You're only making me stronger. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, do you have any more thoughts on the movie Rabbit? Or?
0: It's, uh, uh, not particularly. I think it's, yeah, th- this is a fun one. It's an interesting one. It's, for me, it's not my favorite Cronenberg. Um, not even of kind of the, the body horror genre stuff. But that being said, it, what I like what it is and that you can totally see that, like, oh, wow, this was pretty neat. I wonder what else this guy's gonna do, and luckily we get to see what el- what else this guy's gonna do, and he's been continuing to do it. And yeah. it's just like, oh shit, this is like almost like you could never dream of like ending up going from here to the other kind of films you know he's been able to do in his career. And but you know as you watch that trajectory, it really makes sense actually, and yeah. you know, just kind of like moving and transforming from one thing to
1: the next. Yeah one one thought um uh video nasty related thought i was um having when i because um when i was taking notes i was looking up you know which uh which section of the video nasties that the cronenberg movies that were that were ta- that we're going to talk about are under and they're both under section 3 and i noticed it seemed like when you get down to section 3 It almost seems like the movies get better, but, like, the most banned ones are at, like, the very top of the list, and those are usually, like, the trashy, like, grindhouse, shoestring budget, like, and then you go down to, like, you go down to section three of the DPP list, and... DDP or DPP, I don't know. No,
0: BB. B, it's BB. B. Uh, no, I, I forget what it was. It was uh, the the British Board of Film Classification.
1: But yeah, anyway. But um, it's okay. We're not qualified for anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just noticed that it's like. It seemed like all the, the good ones were like put in section three and they put like a lot of the really schlocky, stupid ones in section one, which I thought was interesting. Well, it kind of makes sense to me is because
0: like they didn't fear any sort of serious public backlash over uh, banning the kind of what's considered the less reputable films, films that were usually made uh, at lower budgets. Kind of intended for lower class audiences um, versus any films that were released by major studios or had any sort of uh, artistic pretensions behind them and i guess at this point Cronenberg's work at this point really wouldn't have been considered uh to have like some serious artistic merit but you could kind of tell that at least you know definitely maybe not so much with rabbit but definitely by the time you hit scanners that it's like oh this film has a budget yeah, like this, like, you, and you can really, you can really see it in how this is filmed, especially you know when you look at one one to the next, how it has like I think uh, they said the scanners had um, triple the budget from Cronenberg's previous film, The Brood. Um, I didn't have an actual number on that. But I think uh, most of his films, kind of prior to Scanners, were made for less than a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So that can just you know that kind of goes to show it's like okay, we're upping your budget here and it's becoming significantly bigger. And but both of these uh, were I think partially funded through the Canadian government and through uh, Canadian tax breaks uh, tax or excuse me uh, tax breaks that the Canadian government would give to uh, kind of finance. Uh, Canadian film productions and even though that, you know, Shivers had a, uh, Shivers, his his previous film before Rabid, uh, generated quite a bit of controversy and we will be doing a future episode about it. Uh, Because of that, the uh, kind of whatever uh, Canadian board that was responsible for funding the film uh, really tried to uh, avoid... You know, like try to distance itself from uh, Rabbit's production, but legally could not stop it from funding it. Yeah. So, you know, at this, at this point, it's like, okay, this film does have some reputability. It was partially funded through the Canadian government, so they probably don't want to like go super hardcore on it and do a Section 1 classification. So, and also just based on its content, too, it's like, well, it is gory, it's not the goriest thing out there it's not the goriest thing in the world so okay figure just we can you know because section three was seize it but we're gonna seize it but not prosecute it yeah yeah like if you just if you just give it up there's no chance of prosecution we're just gonna seize it so i think that's what they're doing specifically and like specifically with scanners because you can tell like oh this is actually like this film has some budget However, this film also does get really fucking gory in one scene in particular.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, now on to Scanners from 1981. This is an extremely violent movie. And, um, I mean, it may have it may have been banned due to the amount of violence, but, I mean, the movie opens with the scene of it's a man... It's one scene. <laughs> well, and, and this... I don't know. I mean, this movie opens up with a guy stealing a French fry off somebody else's plate. Now what kind of moral degeneracy are we promoting in the in this in this film, you know? It's just like it's just so disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Stealing French fries next
0: day is what's going to be happening. Stealing the lollipops out of kids' mouths. Heroin. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, there is there. They did you shoot up in this film? But well, it ain't heroin.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely some uh, needles. There's a lot of needles in this. They're getting movie. on that
0: ESP lean. Uh, <laughs>
1: <yes>. <laughs> yeah, because this movie's about uh, telepathy and uh, people who can mind link with other people and can kill them by doing so. Also, yes. Yeah, so uh, the the film starts with a. Kind of a, a, a,
0: homeless, uh, a homeless man, although a young homeless man. He seems to be in his uh, late 20s, early 30s. And it's like, yeah, not the worst looking guy in the world. But you can also tell that, oh, he's been sleeping outside for a little bit here. And he's just kind of going through the shopping mall. He's taking food off of people's plates, and stealing French like, fries. And then some Karen like starts talking about, "Oh, he's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in the world." I'm like, "Okay, no, he's like doing homeless chic. You know, it's like he could be in like the Dare Leaked show from Zoolander. All right, he's not looking that bad. All right, yeah. but either way, she pisses off him. She pisses him off enough that it interacts with his." telekinetic powers in some way and she starts having a seizure and uh, he doesn't really appear to be trying to make this happen but here we are there's a woman seizuring
1: in uh in a food court in a mall he addresses it later that he wasn't trying to give her a seizure he was just reacting to the voices going into his head so sometimes the um people with the scanner powers will either will either you know malignantly try and hurt someone with their powers, or you can just stress them out by getting into their head and they might hurt you by accident. So yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, he does verify later that the woman in the mall, he had no intention of hurting, but you know, the kind of the telekinetic paths crossed and there was nothing he could do about it at that point. Yeah. And
0: so from there we see a couple of, uh, be trench coated men uh, so now we have three characters wearing trench coats. Our main character and these two kind of G-men spooks yeah. who are going after him. And you know, after a escalator chase scene, they you know shoot this guy up with tranquilizers, and he you know passes the fuck out and awakes in a strange facility uh, with a uh, kind of a great uh, bespectacled, bearded kind of like oh this guy has like. Uh, Turtleneck '70s swag, yeah, and uh, kind of he goes. You know, this doctor who kind of explains to him that this is kind of a secret facility with uh, people known as scanners. You know, uh, telepaths and you know telekinetics. He was Uh, secretly Doctor Fauci the whole time. (laughs) It's the yeah, exactly. It's part of the yeah, Trust the plans. The (laughs)
1: pandemic. After rabbit, I'm not gonna stop the COVID jokes. It's more—it's like, the Kunenberg episode. <laughs> David Kunenberg. Oh, we're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he gets told he's a scanner, and he gets a—he gets so, stopped with some knowledge.
0: Yeah, exactly. He gets—he uh, get, kind of begins to get trained in you know how to use his powers, and actually be able to make some sense of his life because kind of it seems like before they were able to really get a you know get a hang of their powers uh scanners kind of like move through the life as fairly disturbed people kind of like what who might seemingly be diagnosed as schizophrenics just because they're constantly having this huge input of like people's thoughts and all this like auditory sensory overload Mm -hmm. and You know, some people, I guess, you know, in this case, our main character, it just basically manifested as, you know, like, almost like a mental illness, and he just ended up going homeless for a while. Yeah. Yeah, whereas we find later characters, you know, are able to get it out through artwork, even if they don't know how to use their powers.
1: Yeah, and we can't forget uh, one of the most famous film scenes in history. That's right. So now from here, we cut over to uh, a conference room. I
0: guess it's with uh, executives from this uh, company called Consec, who are the people who also picked up our main character, and uh, executives and uh, a lot of and a lot of scanners that are part of Consec's uh, scanner program. Yeah. And is you know they're having a demonstration. So they have one of their scanners up there. He's going to be showing the audience you know his abilities. He kind of primes them. You know, listen, scanning is a rather painful can be a rather painful procedure and you know it's possible you get headaches or nosebleeds something like this so you know be be prepared for this possibility and so of course you know the guy who volunteers is uh was it michael ironside uh who by virtue of him being here you know he's the bad guy because look at his face and (laughs) he's just got a bad guy face exactly no he's a perfect character actor for this shit yeah and so as their scanner begins to try and re, you know, scan this guy, uh, he appears to be under extreme strain, and we kind of quickly figure out that oh no, this guy's getting played. Michael Ironside's got the, he's got the upper hand here, and he starts to he starts to like scan the shit out of this guy, and you know as we see like the scanning process, at least as it's depicted on screen. Uh it's mostly like it's a kind of they use musical cues and sound effects to kinda of, like really up the ante and kinda of use this increasingly high pitch and the pitch just goes higher and higher and higher and eventually boom holy shit, this guy's head just fucking explodes. It explodes like no head has ever exploded on screen before or after.
1: But the real question is, was it the scanners? Or was it the five G towers in the neighborhood?
0: <laughs>
1: I was not expecting any you fucking got me, bro. <laughs> I'm in a really silly mood, and I think I'm going to talk shit the rest of the podcast. No, I keep it rolling.
0: I love this. Yeah. All right, so where were we? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just feeling in a
1: silly, goofy mood. I'm feeling silly. Uh,
0: So anyways, we had the head explosion, and that apparently was uh, achieved through... Uh, they had to do a couple different trial runs to actually make that happen. And so it was... a. Uh, eventually what actually what actually was uh, in terms of the explosive technique they used to uh, actually explode the head uh, it was literally a shotgun blast and they had uh, one of the effects supervisors kind of like set up the camera roll camera basically leave the scene get inside your cars shut the doors and windows he gets down behind the dummy and boom. Yeah. Shoots it in the back of the head. Perfect explosion. That's what we get to see on screen. It is just like, you know, turning a person's head into a watermelon and then shoving like a stick of dynamite down it.
1: Yeah, and it's such a famous it's such a famous explosion. It's been memed. So, there's a chance you might not wa- have watched any of these movies, but you've seen a meme or a gif of of the uh, head really? explosion.
0: Really? Gif, Jeff, you're one of those people? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you not realize this is a gif household?
1: Oh, this is a gif. I <laughs> 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 now you got me <laughs> but anyway you, you probably have seen some self respect sir um, okay. <laughs> so so the um, so the you've probably seen memes or the G.I.F.s of the head exploding I'm trying not to offend <laughs> Ashley McNasty right now
0: <laughs> yeah, you this is a yeah actually yeah this is a pretty common gif you can see. You just look up scanner's head explosion. <laughs> this will be, you know, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. Obviously like serious fucking like content warning on this one. Uh very very graphic violence. Oh, Holy the- shit graphic violence. I would say that probably I, I would make a fair wager this scene and this scene alone is what got the film banned. Yeah. And that's like at this point it's like, this is all we need to see. That's
1: it. Boom. Done. Yeah. And another thing that I don't think this was banned for like the movie was banned specifically for this, but there are a lot of scenes in the this movie where a scanner forces somebody to shoot themselves in the head like telepathic force yeah, suicide yeah. is a huge Theme throughout this movie, and I could see that being a very uncomfortable experience for some well, film goers, too. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's definitely not why it was banned, though. I tell you, oh, that yeah, much. no, you know, it, was it was
1: definitely just graphic excessive violence. violence,
0: graphic violence. Yeah, because it's this scene and then the final scene of the film that they kind of really go gory with it again. But and in between, yeah, you got plenty of, uh, plenty of gunplay a lot of gunplay a lot yeah. of
1: gunplay yeah not really uh,
0: okay not really gunplay more like uh, a bunch of people with shotguns shooting the shit out of people
1: yeah most of my notes now at this point is just violence so that's <laughs> like i don't even know if i need to like read off the rest of my notes
0: uh, yeah that's fine basically so we have a uh, yeah this this you know michael ironside is taken into custody he you know while they seemingly sedate him or use a drug that's supposed to suppress his powers, uh, he scans the guy who is about to do it, has him slightly move the needle over, and he injects himself with it instead yeah. of injecting Michael Ironside. So as they take him into custody, he causes a uh, a car that's tailing them to you know steer into a wall and crash, and then you know after they stop to you know after they stop to check on the people and see if anyone's alive. You know he causes uh, one of the guys who was escorting him to uh, shoot both yeah shoot both of his partners and then shoot himself in the head. Michael Irons' head goes free. So kind of like now you see like okay, like yeah we got like here's our demonstration of truly what scanning can do. You know at this point yeah. it's not just it's just not just like the occasional kind of mind reading telepathy. Uh, or you know making someone have an accidental seizure it's like oh you can do some serious damage with this and this is just one guy
1: so yeah it, i would i would rather be running from a person from rabbit than having beef with anyone in the in the scanners movie because it's like the, the like the power of the scanners is like they might turn your own body against you and that's a pretty frightening thought like you could be like 10 to 12 feet away from them and they'll be looking at you and they might make you pull out something and kill yourself. Like Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, at least if somebody is like rabid or something, you can just run away. And if you're far enough, you can, I don't know, like at least you have a firearm, you could shoot at them. But it's like, if you're with a, if you look at a scanner and you're holding a gun, you're still not even safe if you're armed around a scanner. No, no.
0: because And we're going to find about that soon. So... As this happens we eventually learn that um there's an ex- uh one of the executives at consec this kind of shady corporation that is uh you know that has done the scanner training program uh has uh, been it kind of selling them out and is informing to michael ironside who is uh I guess he is staging a rebellion against this company in some ways and is uh, being incredibly destructive and violent while doing so. And so we have, you know, the entire scanner program, ConSec scanner program has been wiped out at this point. Although, you know, when the executives are going to meet, they do find out, of course, that, oh, we have this one new guy. Well, maybe we can... uh, train this, you know, train this guy enough and have him go out and at least, you know, try and figure out what's going on with this and, you know, where, uh, Michael Ironside is. What's his actual name? Is it Revnik? Is that, that's something, what is it? I, sorry, I keep calling him Michael Ironside here, but what's it? what's his name? What's his real name? Uh, yeah, Revok, Daryl Revok. And so eventually he, you know, our main character who's... I guess I I don't even know if it's appropriate to really even call him by his name. I think it's yeah Cameron Vale. That's his name, but he's he's like a very blank slate character. He's such a cipher. He kind of like there is no characterization or real personality personality to this guy throughout the entire film. He delivers all of his lines in a pretty flat affect, yeah. and I think that it's a relatively intentional choice to have him do that. Uh, just kind of like have him as you know he is this blank slate guy he has no history he has no past he you know almost is like this standing for the viewers and we learn later in the film that kind of this no history no past actually does play into who he is
1: yeah and one thing i was saying while we were watching both of where we when we were watching scanners and i was thinking about this and uh rabbit is like David Cronenberg I think is really good at picking people to act in his movies. Like I've never seen a Cronenberg where I see somebody turn in like a terrible performance. Like like the worst acting I've seen in a Cronenberg is subpar at worst, but not I've never seen a Cronenberg movie where I was like, "Oh, that that actor's terrible." Like I think Cronenberg is really good at picking the cast, you know. Yeah, I think no. I would definitely say I would definitely say i'm very i'm always impressed by you know the cast of the movies yeah.
0: yeah and so yeah this so yeah our main character here uh yeah crap where was i with this um yeah so so they draft him into kind of you know trying to figure out what's going on they have one name they figure out this this artist who they're aware of is a scanner although it seems like they didn't part you know they couldn't get them to participate in the scanner program or they left the scanner program well, either way they haven't been in contact for a while but they think that he might know where uh, Daryl Revick is or have some sort of link or contact to him so eventually you know shows up at a gallery figure you know he scans like the scans the artist's representative figures out uh, you know figure that an address and where this guy is Eventually he goes to the next location, finds his studio. This guy, yeah, this artist, he doesn't really have scanning powers the way that we've seen demonstrated. He seems largely unaware of kind of exactly what it is he has, but he's able to kind of hold it off through making his rather odd and strange sculptures.
1: Yeah, I like I like the part where he's like, Oh, how do, like, um, yeah, Cameron's, like, talking to the art guy, and he's like, he's like, I how do I get out of this? How do I control it? And he, he just, he's like, well, I just do it through my art. And he's like, I, Cameron's like, I don't have anything like this. You know, I was yeah. just thinking, like, he was just, just, like, giving like, oh, just, just, just become an artist and build sculptures and you'll be fine. Like that would take a long time to learn how to do that.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's at the same time. I was like, Hey man, this worked for me. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Also. <laughs> it's like...
0: And so eventually we find out that, no, uh, we are not safe here. Uh, he has been tailed. Uh, I think it was Revik has hired assassins to, uh, take you know, to kill them. And it's a group of, uh, it's like three shotgun wielding, uh, people. And so they go in, blast up the place, they kill the artist. Not before he's able to, uh, I mean, eventually, uh, I think it was before, before he, uh, the artist dies, uh, our main character is able to kind of scan him and get, uh, information as to a group of, uh, scanners who are, uh, well, not with the company are, uh, resisting revix you know kind of uh, insurrection here yeah and so you know and and he this and also this kind of this chain this uh fight scene here is a chance for uh was it our veil vale, our main character to truly show his actual power and turns out he's actually pretty powerful he was able to just you know basically telekinetically kin- blast all these people uh just basically through walls essentially and i don't think he kills them but he just completely incapacitates all of them
1: yeah and it seems like as i was watching this i was i'd see like people coming out with guns coming after him and it's like you find that the scanner powers are so powerful that you already know that the people with the guns are going to lose the fight and that's, that's a pretty common theme where it's like, Although, it's, it's like there are scenes where they do shoot a bunch of scanners, but they usually, usually somebody, you know, usually somebody takes all of them out though.
0: But it's, it's true. But, but this does demonstrate that the scanners are invincible. Oh, I wasn't saying Yeah, no, 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 no. But. but I think it's, this is what the movie is demonstrating at this point too, and demonstrates later is that, oh, the scanners are by no means invincible, and that uh, you can easily kill them if you get the drop on them.
1: Yeah, but it seems Which is like- what
0: happens in both the situations. It's, uh, you know, and later, you know, the same thing happens shortly after uh, our main character gets to this this house, this location, uh, with these other scanners who are kind of, uh, you know, gathered in a group on our aligning against Revik, and you know it turns out he is also he is tailed by another group of assassins who come in quickly dispose of one of the scanners and go into a room where they're all or the scanners of, in this house are all having a you know all communing uh telepathically with each other and are kind yeah. of in a trance and so at this point they're they're literally not mentally here and yeah, they're
1: all the uh, truthers and flat earthers uh Sitting around in a circle to talk about the plandemic and Dr. Fauci. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a weird mood tonight. What am I doing? You're in a silly goofy mood. I'm in a silly goofy mood.
0: (laughs) And uh, so we we have these... uh... (laughs) God damn it. So a bunch of them yeah, a bunch of them immediately get killed with uh yeah, you know, these guys just come in shotguns ablazing, just blast a bunch of them away, but this one woman, uh, Kim, who ends up kinda of becoming you know a secondary protagonist in the for the rest of the film, she uses a form of pyrokinesis on them and just, you know, sets them both on fire. And mm. you know, and then, you know, kills them shortly afterwards. Uh you know, pretty much I think almost everyone in the house gets killed. Uh, as additional assassins come in and they you know but uh you know our main character and Kim flee the scene and i think eventually like and after this I, I it the the plot of the film becomes a little it by a little convoluted i mean very convoluted it can be a bit hard to track exactly what's happening
1: yeah partially i think the one fl- one flaw of this movie is I don't know. It seemed like after a while I was getting really confused as to what was going on. I'm still a little bit confused about this movie. That's why Ashley McNasty is talking more and I'm just saying stupid stuff interjecting.
0: This it's, it, I mean, it, it's... Yeah, I'd say there is a major flaw to this film. It's that it, a lot of these... It feels like, oh, we need to move to next location. You know, we need to move to next location, you know, just arbitrarily in a way that doesn't necessarily serve the plot other than just to, okay, we're moving to next location to advance the plot, not through a seemingly, a more organic way. Um, That being said, still recommend this movie. Don't, don't let that perturb you. But again, Cronenberg's filmmaking only gets better from here. So it's, it's an evolution is what's happening. But yeah. it, it, this is still a very interesting and entertaining film to watch. So, you know, don't, be you know, please don't let that perturb you.
1: Yeah, I was, even though I was confused at part of this movie, I was still being thoroughly entertained. I just was like, at some point, there was, at, at a certain point in the movie, I kind of got, it started getting confusing. Who's who, who's doing what? Everything kind of starting to move so fast. Yeah, you know, yeah. And as you were saying earlier, that the, the scene location ch- constantly changing is just, it, it does feel a little bit convoluted and confusing after yeah, a while.
0: They don't, they don't, it, it, I feel like they could have presented a little, a way they could have presented it a little bit clearer as to why they were needing to go to the next location. And that's like this, it just feels like, okay, the scene's over. So now we need next location. Yeah. that's a bit more what it feels like. And they kind of throw in their reasoning at the end, but they don't kind of, I don't know, make it a little bit clearer. Yeah, that's yeah. That's my only uh, kind of big gripe with the film. So, because at this point, I forget why, but he they figure out you know that someone's been hacking into the computer system at CONSEC, and that you know this person is a mole working for revik and so you know eventually he's convinced to you know your mind is a neural network. You know the computer is a network also. You must scan the computer. You know and like oh, okay sure we'll. we'll We'll go for this. You know, computers were still new. Sure, you know, all right. I don't know if people fully know how computers work in this case, but sure, let's go for it. You can psychically scan a computer. All right. Um, this is, like, strangely, to me, what felt like one of the more ridiculous plot points in the film, you know, in a film where a guy's head explodes from psychic brainwaves.
1: <laughs> so, but this is the mind-boggling part. Yeah, right. So,
0: you know, they just hacking thing, they do an emergency self destruct on it, you know, they blow up a bunch of computers, you know, the guys mm-hmm. you know, try to hurt him through this. They can't. Can't touch this guy. And eventually they end up going to a uh pharma- a biopharmaceutical uh plant that revik actually owns that turns out was actually started by one of the guys behind Consec. I know, right? This is gonna get like Melgur two levels of convoluted and then it also turns out that Revic and Vale are actually brothers and were some of the first scanners invented. And they're actually the son of one of the guys who started the biochemical company and ConSec. I know, right? Are you following? Are you following? I mean, it
1: turns out that Cameron was the Terminator the whole time and died in jail.
0: I know, right? No, this, is, this seriously <laughs> is some Metal Gear solid shit, all right? It's like, oh my god, wow, it's liquid. It's like... Michael Ironside is Liquid Snake, Was it? Uh, and then, you know, main character is Solid Snake. Uh, <laughs> you know, they come together, it turns out they're secret twin brothers the whole time, and they're both, like, that's why they're some of the most powerful guys, and, uh, yeah, it turns out that this whole... Uh, scanner thing was brought on from an experimental pharmaceuticals back in the nineteen forties. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, it was the vaccines, man. Exactly. It was the vaccines. See,
0: exactly. This is what they're poisoning our. T- give it to a pregnant woman; it'll poison your child. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're putting chemicals in the water, and turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so then uh, they they do the the psychic face off with each other. Trying to invade and absorb each other's minds uh, You know you get great uh, Practical effects at this point, you know v- Gigantic veins popping over faces boils forming on people uh, Pustules coming out uh, <clears throat> you know, Like you know at this point, you know you kind of like it's this is like sub like what if the face melting shit from Raiders of the Lo- Raiders of the Lost Ark took a lot longer to happen is kind of, you know, what if that took, like, I don't know, like, 15 minutes to kill you, and this is, like, the first two minutes. It's like, oh, God, I'm getting fucked up, you know? It's yeah, that it was kind of literally vibes.
1: a face-off, you know? They yeah. were, like, yeah, at one point, uh Cameron's, like, ripping part of his head off, like... Yeah, he's really like ripping,
0: he's, like, you know, basically kind of poking his fingers into his face and kind of, yeah, like... Yeah, it's pretty gruesome, yeah. They, yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty gross. And then... You know, eventually yeah, it's like got the you know he begins to you know use his figures out his own pyrokinesis powers begins to kind of use you know basically set himself on fire and self-immolate and as we figure out by the at the very last scene of the film uh right before he completely self-immolates and burns himself alive he manages to switch consciousness consciousnesses with michael ironside and now inhabits his body, and yeah. and he's you know switched Michael Ironside's consciousness into uh, his own body, you know just as itself immolates, and so he burns him to death. It's like Freaky Friday, but somebody is dead. Exactly, <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday, but Jamie Lee Curtis fucking owns Lindsay Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, so it's like Freaky Friday, but Lohan is dead well no it's, the way it is is it's freaky <laughs> friday combined with that halloween movie where jamie lee curtis traps michael myers in a, a flamethrower basement <laughs> yeah. with like that was so ridiculous then which one was that that wasn't halloween scares or scream was that it, halloween that was, h2o no, no 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 that was like the one that came out in like 2018 or 2019
1: oh yeah
0: yeah that one was actually fun
1: yeah, That was a fun
0: movie not the new one the new one's bad right uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, I've heard the new one's bad. Okay. <laughs> well, either way, that's the only Halloween movie I've ever seen. Uh, I will eventually watch the first one. It's not on the video Nasty's list because it's not a it's not a gory movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> so why would it be banned? Yeah. Either way, that's a nice little Halloween sub tangent. Uh, so that's pretty much the film scanners at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. I I gotta say these are. I mean, I don't really have much else to say besides these are really good movies that I got to say 10 out of 10. Highly recommend.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was a, uh, yeah? give me this five bags of popcorn, two thumbs up, baby.
1: Yeah, great movies. Um, yeah, I had to come up with other forms of humor instead of ripping on the movies themselves because they were so good. <laughs> Although I just realized, I think I gave this movie a little too high of a rating rating.
0: Although, yeah, you know, I, I don't believe in the numbered rating, thumbs, whatever. But, I would say, just watch or don't watch, yeah, watch. If we're going to do the Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
1: I'm using 10 out of 10 as an expression. I don't yeah, really, yeah. I don't no, really rate fine. movies yeah.
0: like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it, it's good. Because, um yeah, just because I, I realized I did just say earlier that I did think this had some structural problems. and yeah. uh, To the point where, it's like, eh, kind of does affect how much I do like the film. That being said, it's a pretty good movie and in terms of video it's a pretty good movie just as a movie alone and then amongst video nasties it's an ungodly awesome movie
1: yeah i mean if you listen to our other episodes and you'll see that this is these are quite superior to the other movies we've reviewed so far
0: yeah so you know eventually we will be getting around to doing a cronenberg episode part two uh I don't think any of the films we're going to be doing on that episode um, actually ever made the video nasty list. However, there were embroiled with enough controversy that we feel that they're appropriate for uh, oh, this oh, podcast. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're going to we're gonna do, gonna do Shivers and then uh, gonna Crash. Do Crash. Oh, yeah. Crash was a very highly banned
1: movie. <laughs> Which is
0: strange for the, the late 90s when it came out. Yeah. But that'll be
1: a story for another time. Yeah, that will be the sequel. We don't know when the sequel will come out, but you know that Eventually, now you know there will be a sequel to this episode. We will pull
0: the ripcord on Cronenberg said part two when we get some truly horrendous films. And it's like, it's going to be one of those things where it's like after we're done watching it. Or like, no, it's not even gonna be after we're done watching it. It's going to be halfway through. An absolutely horrible hour and a half film that feels like three hours.
1: Probably and after a Don't A Sode.
0: Yeah, maybe Don't A Sode part two. Good Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just going to be like me just like yelling in the middle of the movie, I can't take it anymore. I can't fucking take it anymore. How is this movie this fucking long? Like, I'm doing it. I'm pulling the Cronenberg rip cord. We're doing that for the next one. We're doing good movies next time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, this is generally our, um,
1: Our decision-making process on this. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, I think I'm out of things to say. Do you have any final thoughts? Not really. All I have to say is I have been Ashley McNasty. And I'm
0: Elmo415. This has been a nasty world. Stay nasty.
1: Stay nasty.